And welcome, Rugby Rant fans. It's Wednesday night. It's the night for a run, pass, or kick interview. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. I got Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt with me. Ty Braga couldn't be here uh, this week. Um, so shout out to Ty um, and your family. We love you guys. Um, sorry you couldn't be here this week. And it's RPK Wednesday, baby. Um, it's a big one. I'm really excited for this one. Um, me, me and Rob kind of, uh, yeah. if you could tell by my our merch, I don't know, I got my rugby Manitoba hat and Rob, Rob has a rugby Canada shirt there. Um, you know, we're excited about this interview. And another thing I'm excited about, me and Rob were talking about this, is I finally got my Rooney kits. I yeah. finally got my Rooney kits. I in, noticed in that. Big guy sizes. Yeah, and, and it is a big guy size. And by the way, uh, why don't you tell everybody the unique design behind that kit? Yeah, so the, the the home match kits have this this rugby tile, um, rugby tile, uh, subway tile. It's called Gustavino tile, and that's the tile they have in the subways all over uh, the five boroughs. Um, it's a really great kit. And then their away kit is actually orange with blue stripes, and the blue stripes are the different names of all the um, uh, of all the different neighborhoods in the five boroughs. And I got to be honest. Me and my father were going through it uh, over the weekend. He was so excited. You know, we, we grew up right near the Bronx and, you know, we have friends in Morris Park and Pelham Bay and all that. So to see all those things on a jersey was was really cool. Uh, real, real quick shout out to Rick Meyer. He was on our rant last week. He's one of our big fans. Um, but yeah, so we, I got this at, at shopmlr.com. I mean, shopmlr.com has dropped all new merch specifically. I mean, for Rooney, they've shopped, they, they've dropped everything with the new logo. This particular jersey also has the heritage logo on the back of the neck. So, you know, they, they're, pumping out new merch for the season. We got the St. Paddy's Day stuff. So get your St. Paddy's Day stuff St. Paddy's Day stuff right now so that you guys can wear it when we interview the commissioner, George Killebrew on St. Paddy's Day yeah. next Wednesday, baby. Shop MLR.com for all your MLR merch. I mean, if you look behind Rob, that that Warriors ball right there, amazing friggin' ball. Oh. Um I don't have it with me, but I was wearing it uh, last week. I think on the show was that gray warriors warriors nation hat with the, the That's black cool. bill. Yeah. Oh God. It was so fresh. It was awesome. But uh, anyway, uh, again, shop MLR.com. They, they, we love going to them. Uh, check them out for all your MLR merch. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much I can, you guys already see them on the screen. So it's hard to give them like this grand entrance. Cause you already see them. Um, I'll just point out some of the teams he's played for Saracens, Glasgow warriors, the Scarlets, the Newcastle Falcons. He's a newly minted LA Guiltini. He's a Rugby Canada royalty. Uh, was it number number three fifty three and sixty one yep. caps? Right, three five three sixty one caps. Incredible. DTH Vandermurvey, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, it's been a long time in the works, and we've waited for this uh, time to sort of get the preseason out of the way. Uh, and I'm glad to be on the show and hopefully um, share a little bit of my experience of uh, my rugby journey with you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're, yeah, I know there are a lot of Canadian so fans out there. Karen, Karen Gasparino is probably up there waiting to hear, hear a lot about what your, your experience has been like and, and to hear from you. No, it's good. All good. So, so Rob's going to run over the uh, run pass or kick rules with you guys. For those of you that don't know or haven't seen the show before, we have a, a special style called run pass or kick when we do our interviews. Rob, let me know how it works. Okay, run pass or kick works like this. Basically, we're going to preface every question to DTH with run, pass, or kick. Uh, he's going to tell us what he's going to do. If he chooses to run with a question, he's going to answer it straight away. If he chooses to pass a question, it means he wants to stay away from that topic and, and dish it off. Uh, and let somebody else handle it. So he will not answer it. 
or he can have a lot of fun with us, put us on the back foot, and he can kick a question. And uh, he can identify who he wants to kick the question to. Or if he doesn't want to do that, wants to keep us guessing, we'll just assume the person that asked the question will have to answer instead. And then he can grade us out. He can tell us we were shite. He can tell us we hit it spot on. He can even fill in a few more details to help fans get a better perspective. So, uh, DTH, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge, my friend? Yeah, let's get on with it. All right. Um, this is an interesting one because uh, uh, I talked to this individual uh, a little bit over Facebook today. It's been reported that in a 2011 uh, Rugby World Cup qualifier, a certain American known as the Cactus, we'll, we'll leave his real name out of it, um, kicked you after you made a, a tackle in the run of play. Canada went on to score six tries, one of which you tallied yourself in a 41 to eight beating of your neighbors to the South run passer kick. Was it a sweet revenge or just desserts? No, I was, I'll run with this one. Um, I'm glad he's admitting to it by now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't say he admitted to it. I didn't say he admitted to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back then it was, um, yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, we won't name names. Uh, I think he's a great guy. We've had a, quite a few chats after since that that game. Um, that probably wasn't the worst thing that happened to me in that game. There's, uh, I can't remember who the prop was. He gave me about five shots in the face um, that I think he got yellow carded for. So that that hurt a bit more. But uh, obviously the kick to the face was, uh, was the straight red, I think it was, in the end. But... Um, I think it's probably the last time we got revenge over those guys back then. You know, things really took a, took a turn for the worst for Canadian rugby players. And uh, But, yeah, it's obviously great to have won that game and that qualifier in 2011. Um, you know, the qualifiers after that has been a bit more tough uh, goings for us. Listen, don't take this the wrong way, okay? Uh, you said I, the article I read didn't say anything about where you got kicked. I got to say, from one man to the other, you are a handsome man, and that <laughs> kick to the face did you no wrong. So you're in the perfect place out in L.A. You could be like a David Beckham and just, you know, you know, be a model out there too and kind of add, add, add a little something to your, uh, to your uh, CV. I'm sure, I'm sure he didn't really mean it. It was probably more of a reaction thing, you know, so that's probably why he didn't do too much damage. Uh, <laughs> if anyone sees that tree trunks of legs that he has, um, yeah, my fish will be dismantled. I'd be connected. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know, Rob, Rob pretty much does all the questions on the RPK and, and we kind of go through them and we, we give him some suggestions, but man, he comes up with some great questions, especially yeah. the openers. Those are great. Um, so I'm going to yeah. take the next one. Um, so you were born in, well, in, in how new, the, the new England free Jacks would say Worcester, um, yeah. South Africa. Um, so run pass or kick. How did you make your way to playing for rugby Canada? Yeah, I'll run with this. Obviously, this is my life story. Um, and I've kind of, I guess I've said it a few times in different shows and talk shows and so on. I've been on. Um, so my family, we decided to immigrate to Canada. Uh, my dad's a doctor in 2003. Um, he went over to Canada first for three months and, you know, scoped things out and just, you know, wanted a better life for us in the future for us as kids. Uh, he came back and just said, listen here, he loved it. Uh, let's pack our bags and um, let's make the journey over to Canada. So we landed in uh, Saskatchewan, a uh, town called Regina. Not like it sounds, but yeah, yeah. Regina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
uh, it was a bit of a shock to the system. And obviously, it was it was summertime there. It was in uh, June that we landed. Uh, lucky enough, we landed on a Saturday. That Sunday, um, well, actually, that Saturday, we went straight from the airport, went and watched um, the high school rugby team because we knew so that from family there. Went and watched him play. Met the coach of the high school, um, uh, Mr. Cornish. He uh, at Dr. Martin Lebaldis High School, and he said, "Listen, I hear you're South African. Uh, where are you going to go to school next year, next September?" And I said, "Well, we haven't really thought about that. This, is, you know, summer's coming up." And he's like, "Well, come to our school." So Sunday morning, he picked me up from the condo, took me to the school, signed me up to the school, and that Sunday, I played two matches for the high school. Um, so it was quite an easy transition into the rugby uh, scene in Saskatchewan. I, uh, I joined up with the Regina Rogues, uh, playing my club rugby there in the Prairie Fire and the, um, the Provincial League. The, oh, the, sorry, the National League that we had in Canada. Um, and then eventually after two years of high school there, I moved out to Victoria to play for James Bay and, and was one of the carded athletes. We uh, you know, kind of government-assisted players um, that Canada had picked. That's a great story, and I know yeah. I know all the the rugby rant fans want to know. My CFL team is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. When I have to, you know, watch CFL, <laughs> yeah. yes, um, you know, so great, great cup winners a couple of years ago. So I'm, I, I am yeah. a Saskatchewan guy at heart. Um, but no, that's a great story, and it, it doesn't matter how many times you can say it. To say my family emigrated to a place, and then that day I went and watched rugby, and then <laughs> yeah. the next day I was signed up for rugby. Like yeah. you know, it's it's something that we want to happen all over the world and and yeah. get that grassroots ever all over the world to, to make this sport the way it is. Yeah. Like it's, um, you know, from the day I left, I kind of, my, my latest or my sort of last memories of, of South Africa was we played a, what we call it interschools game. So I played for the, the, our, um, our first team, which is our under 18s or team of the high school, but I was in the year younger. So you, the under uh, the great 11s and 12s play again uh, together and our interschools is a massive game. And afterwards, the team made a massive huddle. My dad was a team doctor. And, you know, so it went from a rugby memory on the field and tears of, you know, I'm going to miss these guys that I've, I've come as a team from under 14 level all the way up. Um, and then, you know, jumping off the plane on the other side and you just go straight back into that environment. And that's what I think makes rugby so special. You know, we can show up anywhere pretty much nowadays, anywhere in the world, you can show up and find a rugby team and you can, you'll be open with uh, welcomed with open arms. Um, that's what I love about rugby. That's, that's so absolutely true. I mean, I hate to toot the horn. I'm, I'm heading down to NOLA here in a couple of weeks. And like I told my mate Benji down there who we'd never asked, actually met personally. We just talked over zoom and stuff. And he goes, you're staying with me. You don't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the nature of the rugby community. It's so wonderful. And, and we love sharing it with, uh, with our fans and, and it's great to hear you share it with our fans too. It's what a wonderful story. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about um, your experiences. Uh, we get a little lighter side again, give it, get a little insight into you and some of the people you played with and against here uh, as a member of rugby Canada uh, run past or kick, who was your favorite teammate to play with? And conversely, who is your favorite eagle to play against? Oh, um, let's start with the, I guess the favorite eagles um, would probably be someone like Chris Wiles or um, Blaine Scully was, it was good battles with him over the years. Um, and Gwenya, I can't, I can't pick one guy. It's probably one of those wingers, you know, 
Um, yeah. Me and Gwenya had a lot of um, uh, back and forth, you know, text messages, like just talking trash to each other. Um, so that was always special when we did see each other on the field. Um, I I kept him at bay. I never just took his space away. I never gave him any space. Just I didn't want him to do to me what he did to Abana. Um, but then, yeah, same thing with Chris and Blaine. You know, those guys are just class acts on and off the field. You know, guys I would still nowadays would chat to every now and then. So a lot of respect for those guys. Um, as, far, as far as Canada, I think you can't look m- much further than guys like Jamie Cudmore. You know, I think what he's done for Canadian rugby and put it on the map. Cuddles. And, yeah, <laughs> in France and, you know, just the world stage, is it's huge. Um, but then there's other guys, you know, that are probably more like the skillful guys like Ander Monroe, a guy from, who came from Scotland and played. You know, I just had a lot, of, a lot of time for him and the way he played above his, you know, weight class. He was a, he was a fly half, but we put him at 13 in defense, not because we wanted to protect him, at, you know, for tackling at 10. It's because he made the best reads at 13 and he was just an unbelievable tackler. So, um, you know, there's been some, yeah, some great guys on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. And that's another piece, you know, you hit on uh, just that rugby, unlike other sports, you know, there seems to be this camaraderie that develops with players while they play against each other that continues off the pitch, uh, even beyond uh, retirement once the boots are hung up. And it's great to see that happen um, between yourself and and guys like Wiles, um, because uh, it says a lot and speaks a lot about not only you guys as individuals, but about the game itself, especially when talking about it to young kids that are just starting to play. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's interesting. I think I think DTH is the second guy. I mean, we've done like forty of these interviews, and DTH yeah. is the second player. Him and Rob Aremescu to actually talk about defense. Um, not a lot of guys <laughs> talk about defense. Yeah, no, I'm just and you know maybe we don't set them up to talk about defense as much, you know, but. You know, just to come out and say, you know, we played a guy at this position because his defense there, one, was meaningful for the team, and two, he read it better. I think yeah. that shows one the, the trust in the in the trust he has in you guys as a teammates, and then the trust you guys have in him being a team player, yeah. and that's the kind of synergy that you know all the teams, Team USA and especially Rugby Canada have, even though they might not be able to show the product on the field sometimes, they 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 never have the the types of I guess. I don't know how you call it um, diva moments that some of these big uh, teams have. We, we've seen with England recently and, and all the, that's going on over there for the six nations, but uh, getting into that um, rugby Canada and USA have a bit of work to do to compete with some of the tier one nations uh, run pass or kick. What is one uh, change that they must make to be com- to become competitive in the future with the tier one nations? Oh, I think I'll run with this one. I th- the, it's you know it's a it's a it's one of those million dollar questions because if anyone had that magic wand you know we would have tried to do it already but I think the the number one, well the biggest step um, is the our you like our program our um, our step from high school rugby to professional rugby that middle gap of players went missing between the age of twenty. Uh, of 18 to 23, they went missing. They, you know, started working. They went to university. You know, they start their careers. Um, now we brought back the the what Jamie Cutmore is running actually, and and Phil yeah. Mack, the Pride. Um, they might call it something different now, actually, but it's a 
it's under 23 program, you know, helped develop these guys, also focused still on their university, getting their degrees and all that kind of stuff. But it's a high performance training environment that they're in at Rugby Canada under the eye of, of Kingsley Jones um, at the um, out in Langford there. So I think that was a huge, huge step in the right direction. Um, now you'll only start, you know, um, picking the fruits of that in a few years time when we've, you know, had, you know, multiple successions of guys coming through that program and stepping up into the, into the senior squad. Um, then the second thing is obviously like the Toronto arrows playing in the MLR. That's, you know, a majority, 80% of those guys are Canadians. Um, so that's going to be a huge benefit for us for the, these guys to play at least, you know, what, 15 top quality games in a season. Whereas in the past, we've, you know, really struggled to, to do, to jump the gap from club rugby in Canada to international rugby. It's just far superior, you know? Um, so that's a good step. And then the numbers that um, I actually read it today uh, on Insta, Twitter or something, I read that there's 60 Canadian qualified players in the MLR itself. So, you know, that's the step that we need. You know, I think the more more kids we can get into the MLR, um, hopefully someone else is going to put their hand up and, and bring a league to probably the West Coast. Vancouver would be great. Victoria would yeah. be great. Whether they want to share a team there to, you know, you know, you obviously have the facility in Langford already, and then you can play maybe BC Place and, you know, capture a bit more of the, the pockets of money in Vancouver. But I think that's probably the next step for Canada is just to expand in the MLR and uh, someone pulling the pin on that. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. And you talk about the um, high-performance squads, and um, USA Rugby just just talked about their high-performance squads today. They have Mike Tolkien, um, former, former Rooney, co- Rooney coach, who's going to be overseeing the entire program. And current Rooney player Kyle Sumption is actually coaching the um, under-23 team. And our friend Dave Fee is still coaching the under-18 team. And I think getting that squared away quite like Rugby Canada has, and Rugby Canada has a a little more time on it um, as far as their process than we do. But I think you're seeing steps to square those away um, to to get those guys who do get lost between university and making a national team or university and making an MLR team or going maybe and being an academy player somewhere else across the globe. So I think they're starting to pick that up. And now we just have to do the grassroots side, like you were talking about, and get the kids involved. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to throw out there, you know, one one uh, partner of ours that has done a little bit of the grassroots work and contributing to rugby around the Chicago area is Tighthead Brewing. Uh, Tighthead Brewing is a company that is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, and the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Durer and the Tighthead staff will ensure you're kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tighthead's Tap Room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every Major League Rugby Derby that will electrify the 2021 season, even L.A. and San Diego, we hope. Join us every weekend as we celebrate the camaraderie and thrills of professional rugby in the United States starting on March 20th and culminating in the Major League Rugby Final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And you scored a few tries in your day. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of that, uh, you know, I got to know, we're going to go to a new uh, a segment called the Quick Tap. And it's uh, like a, you know, it's a this or that. We're going to give you two options and you can just tell us which one you prefer. Uh, and if you want to elaborate, you're welcome to. Okay. Um, but uh, we're going to start off with an easy one for you. Uh, 
Um, best DTH coif color, blonde or brown? Depending if my wife's around, but blonde. <laughs> oh, he likes the blonde. It's quaff. Does she like the blonde? It's is quaff. that it? Quaff. Yeah. Sorry. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. It's quaff. You, you asked this. This is like the fourth time you've asked a rugby player. It's quaff. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get that out. <laughs> That's a New York pronunciation. We do things differently in Chicago. <laughs> All right, city life, Toronto or Vancouver? Uh, Vancouver. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and you talked about uh, getting a team in Vancouver. That'd be pretty awesome for the league and 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 for yes. Rugby Canada for sure. Yeah. Okay. Favorite other sport. Uh, Canadian football or hockey? Uh, hockey. Hockey. Who's your, who's your team? Vancouver Canucks. Oh. <laughs> As he covers his eyes. Yeah. Oh, disappointed a lot of Canadians, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, game. You're gonna play a pickup game of touch just for fun. I gotta know who are you taking with oh. your first pick. Adam Ashley Cooper or Matt Gitto? Well, if I'm going to play a game of touch, I'm going to say Gitto, yeah. Um, but I'd like to have both. Can I? Yeah, both. <laughs> hey, you're getting a little greedy, my man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, last one here. Uh, enjoying the L.A. sunset with your family. Beer or coffee? No, let's go with coffee. Coffee, huh? Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. – so on that note, we're going to – and notice Scott is, is – uh, we've all been drinking a little cup of here with the Rugby Coffee mug, and shout-out goes to our partners from Rugby Coffee. I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, they're a new coffee brand that has emerged on the scene, um, and they've kind of really picked up on this idea that coffee is uh, – it's, it's all about the experience, and they want to blend this experience of having a great cup of coffee with – uh, having a great day of rugby. There's lots of blends that they're uh, that they're creating, uh, and they're going to be coming out with American blend for our American friends um, here in the United States. The question I have for you, DTH, um, you're a brand ambassador. Uh, Run, pass, or kick. What is it about Rugby Coffee's brand that you are most excited about? Yeah, first of all, like. I, I love my coffee. Um, all my all my all my teammates all know that. You know, I do a few cups of coffee a day, so it's uh, hard to come by sometimes. Uh, especially in North America, I must say the coffee isn't as good as it is in the UK. Uh, we still have a lot of, you know, a lot of improvements to make, and I, I think that's the exciting part about uh, rugby coffee is that the market's really untapped here. I know there's a lot of you know products out there, but well, the specific coffee and the flat white that I like is uh, is what I. I want these guys to get into, but um, no, what captured me with, with rugby coffee is obviously their slogan. It's a way of life. Um, I briefly just touched on it, but you know, my move from, from South Africa to Canada and how I played in the team there and went straight into another team. That is truly what I believe in rugby is it is a way of life. Um, you know, I, I bring it back to my kids sometimes and I'm, I'm in the, in the process of obviously moving my kids to LA and, and uh, the oldest one is quite upset about leaving school and their friends. And she's like, you just don't understand that she's seven years old and she's telling me this, but she's like, <laughs> uh, you just don't understand. It's so hard to find good friends and, um, and teachers and school you really like. And, you know, then I take it back to, I'm like, um, like I'm, you know, obviously I sympathize with her and I'm like, listen here, like we're going to have a great life experience in in LA, but, 
this is a life experience of rugby. You know, we've traveled the world. Uh, you've learned as a kid. You've learned to. You're born in Scotland, then you moved to Wales. You know, you went to a, a school that was speaking uh, Welsh. Then we went to New, Newcastle, England. You went back to Glasgow. You met really good friends. Then you went to Victoria, where we're where your parents are from now, I guess. And now you're going to go live in a place like LA. You know, that's everyone talks about. Um, but bring it back to the coffee. It's like. Um, their idea of, you know, taking the proceeds and putting it into kids rugby and, you know, bettering their opportunities. Yeah. Um, that's one of my mottos in, in life after rugby for me is that I want to give back. Like I've had like one hell of a ride with rugby that's not done yet, but, and I don't want it to ever to stop. And that's why I guess guys like Adam Ashley Cooper and Matt Ghetto, you know, these guys are still hanging on because it is a way of life. It's something that we, you know, we can only do at once to the playing part. Obviously we can all go back into coaching and administration side of things, but um, it's a way of life that, that we can't explain. And you only have the opportunity as a young person, you know, to play when you're healthy and, and all those things. So I think giving back to the community, rugby coffee does that, um, you know, that had me just line hook and sinker straight away. Um, proceeds go anything that gets bought every cup that gets bought there's the proceeds go to to you know bettering the opportunity for kids um, all over the world not just in certain and just in one or two places but all over the world so um yeah i love it what they're doing awesome yeah you know you, you were talking about your daughter and for seven years old she seems pretty worldly based upon all the different <laughs> locations you've played rugby and i mean she's yeah been to, i think she's been to more countries than i have and i'm <laughs> yeah, the interesting, thing, interesting fact is actually like, so I'm obviously born in South Africa. My wife's Canadian. My old, oldest is born in Glasgow in Scotland. My middle one's born in Wales. And then my youngest is born in Newcastle, England. Um, so <laughs> wow. in Six Nations games, my kids would literally cheer <laughs> for their countries. It's bizarre. So like the boy oh my god on Walsh. i'm i'm from wales i'm from wales that's all he says and then my poor, the, <laughs> and the poor then um well, he's going to be happy I, right now huh anytime anyone plays against uh england i always want want the other team to win and so my boy goes why do you want everyone else to win not england poor harlow the baby poor harlow i was like yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's great that's great. Shout out to our friend uh, Brandon Smith, uh, who's, who's a Welshman out there. And he actually does uh, a rugby show, and he does stuff about MLR. Me and Rob were, were recently on our show, so check out Brandon Smith Rugby Show on YouTube. So uh, we do a, a quick preview. But that's great. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love that. That made me – oh, God, that, that hit me in the heart. That's a good one. Um, but speaking of, of your travels, having made the decision to jump from the Pro 14 to the MLR, what made L.A. – most attractive to you over the other teams run pass or kick uh run um uh, los angeles i you just hear that word you yeah. see you see palm trees you see sand you see you know all year good weather um then you get to i guess you know where movies get made where disneyland is for kids um now, these things are obviously all – this decision was made prior to COVID. Um, here I am two months into my journey of my L.A. dream, and I'm still without my family. But, um, you know, they, they'll soon join me down here. But, um, you know, that was the – that's it's the dream job, playing rugby in the sun. Um, 
you know, the vision that the club had of playing in, in the Coliseum and um, filling the stadium up in, in their own unique way, um, traveling the world with this team. We, we don't want, only want to play in the MLR. They want to go play teams across the world in, in warm-up matches. Um, the vision is just, you know, unlimited with uh, the owner. So uh, that just makes you really, really excited. And obviously the names that they, they pitched to me at first – you know, these guys said, take my word, like we're signing really big names and they, they named off a few of them. And I was like, yeah, like, yeah, right. Like, this is, gonna happen, <laughs> right? Like, um, this is too good to be true. But, you know, from day one until even yesterday, this coach says, you know, take my word on this, you know, and, and I've taken his word every time, uh, Darren Coleman. And he, you know, he, yesterday, he, 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 he said something earlier in the week that, there was, it's a small thing, but it, there was vans going to be delivered for the team to be able to use. And then the, de the delivery didn't happen. And he's like, I take full, you know, full blame for that. I said, and my work usually counts for something. That's the type of guy he is. He, you know, when he's, when he says something, he, um, it will happen, but he also apologized. But um, yeah, like that's the dream I had is, you know, playing against, great uh, against good people with great people that has been on the in a hell of a career path and uh, you know living the LA dream really hey i got to say speaking of the LA dream like that hoodie it just show everybody that hoodie hold on that thing oh, just nice. reeks of LA style right <laughs> chill yeah. uh you know just chill yeah. vibes good looking i mean that is that is money right there i can't wait for that those those bad boys to to go up on sale for everybody to buy right those are it's a good looking hoodie you can roll on the beach in that you can roll during the day you're not going to get overly hot because it's nice cool color yeah a good looking exactly. hoodie exactly um so uh you know, we've been talking a little bit about the Giltinis. uh they have built as you've talked about a pretty experienced roster with many aussies from Warwick and veterans from Colorado run past her uh, kick. You guys look to be a very competitive team in your first season. Which team do you see in the MLR being your biggest rival? All right. I'm going to kick this one uh, to rob the hammer, please. <laughs> uh, okay. I, well, I'm going to say San Diego and, and uh, I want, you heard it here first fans. Uh, we're going to call it the coastal cup. Right, there's going to be a coastal cup, and it's going to be a a derby or a derby, whatever country you're from, however you want to pronounce it. It's going to be a big deal. Uh, it'll be like made of some kind of surfboard, you know, natural wood surfboard, um, and it'll be this this big, huge surfboard that that it'll take two or three guys to carry around. And maybe if if we're lucky, uh, we'll be able to see something. What happened to Tony Lamborn? Somebody will have to strap some rook. will have to strap it to their body and party all night after having won it. And like you know, the the fins will fall off or something like that. People have to glue them on so that you know TJ doesn't get mad when he gets to touch this, the the Coastal Cup. Uh, that's what I'm going with. San Diego, LA Coastal Cup. That's that's uh, the style right there. I I think uh, Adam Gilchrist will have something to say about that for sure. <laughs> if it's not the Gilgronis against the Giltinis, he won't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And and for those of you that haven't heard the story, uh, we interviewed Tony Lamborn a couple months ago, and and he had an interesting, um, an interesting time when the, when they run the Rand Furley when he won the Rand Furley Shield, and and he was a rookie playing well, and basically he messed it up. 
and they hmm. put it back together with chewing gum. Um, shout out. I just want to give a shout out to my, my friends in the cohort, Daryl here, uh, you know, Legion Invicta. So it's going to be interesting when you get to see all these, these Legion fans show up in the Coliseum dressed as the Roman Legion. Um, how fitting. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll to the next question because we know what the cohort's gonna wear. So this really is is what you guys are gonna are gonna wear. Fans following the Giltinis on social media, and cl- those who closely monitor the MLR like we do, um, we haven't really seen what the kit's gonna look like. So run run past or kick. Have you had a sneak peek at what the home and away kits are gonna look like? And 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 extrapolate on that if you can. You know, can you show us one? Um, okay, I'll run on this one. Um, Ooh. Um, it's amazing. Um, it's gonna blow everyone's minds. I think um, I've yeah. seen I've seen all the product, you know, on like a, on a PDF file, whatever it is. These are just little teasers, which are they're yeah. great, but they're just little teasers. Um, but it's exciting. There's a it's a massive variety of things. Um, but I, yeah, I can't go into too much detail. There's too much detail. There's, there's nothing. We don't have examples That's of okay. it yet here. Um, but like, I, this is the first time in my life I am like proper, proper excited about, you know, what things are going to look like and 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 just things they've thought of. Um, like there's there's variety. Like there's uh, there's basketball shirts. There's nice. football jerseys. There's you know all kinds of basketball jerseys. They're all they. They've thought of everything. Belichick, Bill Belichick's uh, <laughs> shirts. Yeah, we've got, we've got it. <laughs> the cutoff, oh, the nice. cutoff arm hoodies. Those are great. I've been you know, rolling in. I've been rolling in those lately. Yeah, I've been yeah, rolling yeah. in those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been going oh, to the Jesus gym and the you know with with the cutoff sleeves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's like Muscle Beach, right? Like that's what those yeah. guys wear. You know, <laughs> exactly. Kind of beach or whatever. <laughs> exactly. You know, the big guy. I'm. I was hoping. And you know, maybe maybe we can, you know, or we'll see, I guess, in, in a couple of weeks. All I want all whites for home and all pinks for away. That would be my thing. But you know, I don't own the team, so I'm sure they're not gonna take my suggestion. <laughs> I definitely think the all whites would look sick. That's just the big guy talking. Yeah, about. no, we've got a we've got a pretty um um qualified, I guess, player in Billy Meeks. Um yeah. I don't know if you guys see his Instagram. He's a good looking yeah. fella. Even though he's bold, he's bloody good looking fella and style <laughs> to the max. And um he had a lot of, he did a lot of work with with uh, um with Adam Gilchrist and Adam Fryer, the the GM here. Um they've done some good work and uh it's gonna be exciting to see what the the stuff comes out like. Absolutely. And, and again, you know, Scott talked about the LA Coliseum and, and um, you know, all the grandeur that come with the, with the Gal, uh, with the Giltinis. And one of the things Scott I've, and I've always talked about in the last uh, probably two or three months is a lot of Giltinis fans were complaining that nothing was happening, that no new information. And we both kept kind of saying, just wait, yeah. just wait. Cause when it starts rolling, you're going to get it thick, fast and furious, and it'll be awesome. And uh, so far the Giltinis have delivered. Um, and of course, they delivered. Obviously, with their lineup, um, uh, they made some serious noise in the rugby world with the recent signings. Of course, you were one of the first big signings uh, that was rolled out, and now we've seen the likes of uh, Adam Ashley Cooper and Matt Gitto, of course, um, along with uh, uh, DTH, a Canadian legend. Um, so, run, pass, or kick? Do you predict a finals appearance for the LA Giltinis? 
Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to kick this one to Scott. Let's go with that. <laughs> what? Okay. So you're definitely going to make the playoffs. I, I see that. I mean, as we have seen in 2018 and 2019, it's not necessarily the best team who even makes the final sometimes. Um, you know, it's it depends on how you guys are doing at the end of the season. Are you on a roll? It's almost like um, like now we're in March Madness time and you see some of those teams that can make or break uh, or bust a bracket depending on how hot they are. So it's really hard to say, you know, who is going to be a champion. But if if, you know, if the season ended today, you know, just based on signings, Giltini has a strong, strong roster. So I, there's a high probability that you guys would, would could win it all. Yeah, I know. We're obviously that's that's our number one goal. Um, we we can't be shy about it. Like we've signed this roster to, you know, to talk about like people get people to talk about it, um, and we're all we all want to win something for the club. So um, we will be very disappointed as players and, and as individuals if we if we don't get to the finals. So, and that's just comes with you know. All, all professional rugby players, that's all we want to do is win. You know, we're all competitive. doesn't matter who you are. If you're Toronto Arrows to Seattle Seawolves, whatever, everyone's, you know, vision for that year is to win the league. So, um, and we're no different. So looking forward to the season. But obviously the big thing is um, just how the season rolls out, COVID-dependent uh, injuries. These things can change it. Team's season, you know, in a blink of an eye. So I um, just hope everything runs smoothly. Yeah, I, let me just say that uh, if you guys win it all, my mate Norm Smythe, Norm, you're out there listening. He's making the dead stones back here. Uh, he will have to make an awesome dead stone to celebrate an LA Giltini's championship. So he better get his uh, his his pen hand ready and his paint ready and 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 do something up nice for uh, all the LA fans. Um. So, uh, all right. Yeah. You, you I, I mean, yourself. so it's, yeah, it, it's back. It's back to me. Um, this is a, this is a good one. We talked about, you know, you asked me about, about the Giltinis, whether they're going to make a final. Um, so run pass or kick. Who do you think the favorite is from the Eastern conference to make it to the final? Um, oh man. Um, I think Toronto is, a has a big shout. They, you know, last season was cut short with, was it five games into the season? Um, I believe they won every game or maybe four of the five games or something like that. Um, yeah, they, they lost the last one and it was in spectacular fashion. So, you know, you, you yeah. might even count that as a win if, if you look at it. Yeah. So I think they're a strong team. Um, they obviously have a, they have a strong can, Canadian contingent, which might help them and, you know, playing with Canada and with, um, Toronto, uh, and then with a good mix of the Uruguayans and Argentinians that they've brought into their team. Um, obviously, they're a big, yeah, big, strong team. Um, New York, probably, yeah, you know, I don't, you never, you know, New York's probably a good team as well. They've got some good signings in Foden over there, and his leadership will be massive for them. So I'd probably pick, yeah, I'd probably stick with Toronto, I'd say. You know, can I just ask you this a little uh, off the cuff here, but um, I, I want to get your perspective. You, you mentioned Toronto, and right now they're based in Atlanta. Um, 
as a player, as somebody who's played abroad, as and right now you're you're kind of practicing and and playing uh, without your family right now, and you're hoping that hey, your family's able to join you, and you're able to um, to 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 then have you know kind of two parts of your life, right? Your professional life and your family life to keep yeah. you grounded. You know, do you think that'll be a challenge if this COVID thing, the COVID bubble, lasts longer? Um, you know, throughout the season, how big a challenge will it be? for the Toronto Arrows and the boys from there to be focused while being in in a, a, the United States and being so far away from family? Run, pass, or kick on that one. Yeah, I'll run with that. I think, um, you know, I'm a massive believer in that. And, like, if I'm a family man, family club kind of is my vision. You know, with Glasgow, we're very focused on bringing your family environment to the club and making sure that, you know, the wife and the kids are happy and they're always welcome at the club. There's, you know, they go above and beyond for them. Um, so yes, that's going to be, I think it's going to be really tough for Toronto. It really does depend on their ownership and what they want to do for their players um, in terms of, you know, are they going to facilitate families being, you know, in the same complex as them? Will they, you know, open the doors? Um, so for instance, with us here, uh, we were just in, in Maui for uh, four weeks in our preseason training camp. Um, now, that was one that the coaches said, we're just going to focus just on the team, purely on the team. You know, we need to um, sacrifice something to, you know, really get ahead of the game with our, our fitness and our team camaraderie and stuff like that. But we're a brand new team um, that needs to learn, you know, each other's kind of traits on and off the field and, and, and just learn about your friends, you know, your new teammates, these guys are the guys probably going to be in your wedding parties and, you know, lifelong friends. So I think Toronto has got to cross that path with, um, with their families being in Toronto and whether they can join them um, will make a big difference. So I think that's probably the thing that people will, or players will want to focus on, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be one of the challenges, and it'll be interesting to see how that piece develops over the course of the MLR season. Um, but, you know, let's get back to the Giltinis, one of the reasons why we we uh, brought you on, and I, I know one of the reasons the, the you know L.A. fans out there are watching. Uh, the Giltinis are promoting the heck out of their new home. We saw it, I think it was yesterday or today, Adam Ashley, uh, sorry, Matt Ghetto uh, did a, a real nice promo. He was actually in the L.A. Coliseum. My question, due to its enormous size, uh, will it be an amazing experience or too big to make it intimate for crowds if they're able to join? Run, pass, or kick? Uh, run. Um, I think it's an it's an interesting one, right? It's obviously um, a stadium with huge history behind it. Yeah. Um, now, Adam Gilchrist has gone out of his way to, you know, to – from the from the get go, that was the the number one spot that he wanted. Um, he's got a vision. He's got an idea of how he can, yeah, not fill, but how he can make that stadium not look as as empty as it is. Um, and there's been a few things thrown around, like then COVID hit. Obviously, it's it makes things a bit different, right? So um, you hear of some of the teams saying that their their stadiums can now la- take ten percent, twelve percent capacity or whatever well hopefully that happens in california 12 percent of <laughs> seventy thousand is all right you know um but um no i think it's 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 a massive you know, massively exciting you know to be playing in such a it's a huge stadium and and hopefully 
uh, with Adam's ideas of bringing, I think he said he wants to do like music shows before or after, and that's where you can, you know, attract these people and almost like being a sh- the mid you know, mid show is the rugby game. Um, you know, and, and, and LA is big, right? There's a huge diversity of people and hopefully we can really get people talking about rugby in, in the, in the city and, and really fall in love with the Giltinis. Um, and then obviously with the, like you said, the star studded guys that we have, I think anyone that does follow rugby, um, will know who Matt Ghetto is. We'll know who Adam Ashley Cooper is. They know these guys, you know, they're you know, huge Wallaby um, veterans and stuff. So you'd be silly not to take on the drive, maybe whatever it is, one hour, two hour, three hour drives to come and see these guys play, um, especially if youngsters, you know, parents could bring out their kids. Like this is your opportunity to see world-class players. Um, and that's, you know, I don't, I'm not pumping their tires. These guys are like at the top of the, of the pack. So mm-hmm. Um, I think we've done well in our signings um, and hopefully through that we can, you know, make that stadium fill out, I guess. Awesome. I I can't wait. And, you know, at, at the time of the original schedule, Rooney was playing away at Giltini's and me and Robert, you know, frantically trying to see if we can get out there for that match. We were both excited. Um, So we're coming down the last couple questions. So, you know, recently World Rugby has said that they're going to extend pool play in the 2023 Rugby World Cup um, by a week. Run, pass, yeah. or kick. Will, ha- will this have a significant impact on the way Tier two, 2 nations will be playing in this Rugby World Cup? Yeah, I'll run with this. I think it's just huge. Um, like, I'm not trying to make – straight off the bat, I'm not trying to make excuses, um, but we we talked briefly, touched on it, the – the gap between tier two and tier one nations is, is quite significant. And, it, and it's uh, in certain parts, it seems to grow. Um, now, when we go into a world cup, um, well, this past world cup and obviously the cut cut short, but I think we played uh, four games in like something like 17 days or something like that. It was, I can't remember the exact figure, but when your depth isn't deep enough to, you know, switch your team and you don't have that easier game that the tier one nations have against a tier two nation. It makes it really hard for guys to recover and play your best team every, every week. And then you look at, you know, the, whatever pool you're in, you know, if you get, if you're getting a, a tier one nation first and second round, maybe third round, and then you only get it your other tier two nation in your, in your last round, well, you still want to put on a you know a, a performance in those first three rounds that you're proud of, and you want to play your best players. Um, but then you might be knuckered by the time you get to your fourth round. Or so, I think by adding that week, you know, it's going to just give everyone a couple extra days to for recovery. Um, you know, the World Cup is fierce. It's uh, you know for a couple of days afterwards, you just can't walk. So we can hopefully start playing instead of being in that position of this still playing, we can actually stand up and <laughs> move our back again after and not being playing after four days or something like that. So um, I think that's, you know, it's something we've all been calling out for um, all the tier two nations have been calling out for. And I'm really happy that's done now by uh, world rugby. It's, I think it's, it's really on- telling. Well, sorry to interrupt. But I think it's really telling because we also, I interviewed Nick Savetta for the show and he said the same thing, and he said he felt the outcome that the USA had in 2019 was directly due to the way they scheduled them and played their games and the location, not only the location, but the timing of it specifically. Yeah. So I yeah. think 
coming if you have USA players saying it and you have Rugby Canada players saying it, and they're pretty much saying the same thing. I mean, I don't think it's an excuse as much as they see that there's a a I wouldn't say an injustice, but a little a difference, a disadvantage that they're that they're 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 in versus one of the tier one nations. So I don't think you're way off on saying that um, you know, this is affecting you. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I I've been totally beating the drum on this one for uh, for months, and Scott will attest to that. It, you know, I saw it with the United States; they had the exact you know situation you just described, right? They came off of Argentina, you know, France before that, two very tough teams. The Argentinians are always good scrummagers, right? They've got yeah. to turn around within four or five days, play a game that was you know, it was a winnable game. You know, yeah. I think it was Tonga, yeah. right? Um, and and they've got to travel five or six hours to play in that game, yeah. right? And it, yeah. and my question was, how does if World Rugby wants Tier Two nations to develop and be competitive, yeah. why don't they give some that give them a bone, throw them a bone, give them yeah. a little bit more time to rest in between, so that the best players can play the games and be on the biggest stage? It, yeah. it, I think you echoed my sentiments and feelings uh, perfectly. So yeah, for sure, um, for sure. Um, with that, I'm going to bring in the last question here and uh, run past or kick. How important is it uh, that the United States and Canada co-host a Rugby World Cup in 2027 or 2031? I think that's a done deal. That needs to be done 100%. You know, no no other team should be able to log even um, uh, <laughs> their, their country. Um, yeah, I think... You know, everyone spoke, has spoken about that North America, well, especially the American network and the, the TV rights and the, the audience that's comes, that comes from America is huge. And if World Rugby wants to tap into that with, you know, the football stadiums, the soccer stadiums that's here in, in, in America and, and also in Canada, um, then why not? You know, we've got two unbelievable countries. Um, it's safe. People can travel. There's so much to see. Um, you know, there's there's so many cities you can fly into. It's not that there's going to be a jam-packed one spot. Yeah. We can look, you can really scatter it out. Um, I think it's time for for World Rugby to to pass it on to um, the North American kind of fans, um, and that'll that'll only do us fav- favors as as two nations, but. Also for world rugby, it will just grow the sport significantly. So I think no doubt it has to come to um, Canada and USA. So it's awesome. We, I mean, we, I know. Uh, yeah. I think we got a rugby ambassador right here in DTH <laughs> to help us bring the Rugby World Cup to North America. <laughs> and and to be honest, out of all the interviews we've done. I mean, I think he only kicked those two questions to us for fun. I think he really wanted to answer them, but then I think he <laughs> yeah, realized right. he was running with everything and kind of ball hogging. But sp- speaking yeah. speaking of you and, and answering questions and stuff, thank you so much for being on, on this show. We, we love having players like you. You're outgoing. You are an ambassador of rugby. You know, you're an ambassador of what the sport means to me, what the sport means to other people. And we just want to give you a couple minutes to maybe talk about something, give a shout out maybe to your family that are coming soon. So take take a couple yeah. minutes. No, great. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I love sharing my story, my life experience, and, and, and especially in rugby with people around the world. And, you know, hopefully it touches one heart and one kid falls in love with the game um, and, you know, wants to follow in the footsteps because, you know, I've had one hell of a ride. Um, we obviously briefly spoke about rugby coffee there, um, but I think um, Tinas and Cornet, the guys who are spearheading that, you know, they're doing a great job with 
with their with their brand and and expanding it all across the world and giving it back to the youth rugby um and then the other the other company i just wanted to touch on was um, loose heads who i'm also an ambassador for it's it's all about mental health um these guys do great work they're out of um, england and um you know these guys are talking about stuff that's hard to speak about and you know if there's if there's anyone that do have teammates or friends or anyone that you know that do struggle about with mental health you know during careers or injuries during careers or post careers, you know, just shoot them a message or shoot me a message. I can put you guys in touch. They're doing some great work with, um, you know, all levels of rugby and, and just trying to make the game safe and, and just making sure it's okay to talk about those things. And, we, you know, we talk about it now in, in, in the community a bit more, but I think it, it speaks volumes, especially when it comes from a rugby, you know, macho kind of environment. So check out Loose Heads, uh, check out Rugby Coffee. Those are two great companies and uh, uh, well worth supporting. So, um, but thank you. Thank you guys at Rugby Rand for having me. I've been looking forward to this, uh, this evening and uh, it's all worked out. I had to push it back by an hour because obviously we're an hour <laughs> But thanks for doing that. And um, no worries. Yeah, I look forward to listening to a few more of your podcasts and, and uh, hopefully I'll be back on here and uh, end of August. Yeah, See definitely. No, we definitely love to. Yeah, we definitely love to have you and talk about your Giltini's experience. And, you know, yeah. mental health is something close and near and dear to my heart. And, you know, if it's okay to not be okay. And like we had, we kind of had a little mental health campaign a couple months ago. You know, so the, like the big guy says, just fucking ask. If you need help, just fucking ask. If somebody yeah. looks like they need help, just fucking ask. And yeah. that's all you need to do. You just need to reach out to people who are having a hard time. DTH, thank you so much. This has been a great interview. We love having you in all seriousness. It's awesome to have you in the MLR. Uh, I, I would say it's awesome to have you back home in North America, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, on behalf of me, the big guy, Scott Ferrara, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and our buddy Ty Braga, who, who couldn't be here uh, tonight, um, thank you so much for watching. Um, check out our new rant, episode 41, dropping on Sunday. And next Wednesday, our RPK is with the commissioner, George Killebrew. So fans, I want you guys lined up with some hard questions. Let's, let's really grill them a little bit in this RPK. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.